Well, good morning. You know, we, uh, the, last, the last few weeks, the Lord has had us in this series called um, Culture, where he is teaching us about uh, the Beatitudes, and we've been going through the beginning part of Matthew. And I don't know about, about you, but <clears throat> when he's teaching us things like, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. You know, that was week one. Week two is, blessed are those who mourn. First of all, who wants to be poor in anything? Right? Who wants to mourn? Blessed are those who, um, who are meek. Who wants to be meek? Right? It's like the upside-down kingdom. It's like these things Jesus is teaching us to do is exactly the opposite of often what the world is telling us to do to, be, to get ahead. And today is no different. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Who likes being hungry? Just feeling that, that hunger pain. Um, I can tell you that this topic of hunger is one that the Lord has certainly been speaking to me and, um, and asking me some tough questions on. I'm just going to be honest with you. You know, for example, well, before I tell you, about, you need to know a little bit about me. I love the outdoors. Before I give you this illustration, you need, you need to know a little bit about me. I love to fish. I love to hunt. I love to walk in the woods, I love to camp, I love to kayak, I love to raft, I love survivalist stuff. Anything that has to do with the woods or the water, either one of those, I'm, I'm all in. And twice a year, I have a getaway where I get together with some guys. And in the fall, we go north, and it's called deer camp. And I love it. And I have all this anticipation. I'm hungry for it. I Literally, I'm hungry. Or in the summer, I have this anticipation for when we get together and it's called fish camp and we go up north and we go fishing and I love it and I have all this hunger and this anticipation for it. As a matter of fact, I could probably, I have this app on my phone where I could tell you exactly. I'm heading north. See how much hunger I have here? How much anticipation? 55 days. There's an app for that. 17 hours and 8 minutes is when fish camp begins. So the Lord has asked me, you know, he started asking me these questions like last summer. Scott, why are you not hungering for me like you are hungering for fish camp or deer camp? Not that there's anything inherently evil about fish camp or anything like that. As a matter of fact, Scott, your, your love for my creation I gave you. But why do you have all this anticipation for that, yet when's the last time you counted down to your next Jesus encounter? When is, you know, you collect all this money, you send all these emails, you organize this fish camp trip. When are you going to organize Jesus camp to get some men together who might want to come together and just um, support each other and encounter the Lord together? That's a tough question. You know, or another example he gave me, um, I don't watch a lot of TV anymore at all, but my wife and I went through a season where we, um, once a week, we loved watching this show together. And it appears it's still on air, and it's called Survivor. At least that's what First Service told me. We loved it. I mean, I don't know how many seasons we watched. We probably watched half a dozen seasons of it. And we just, we, there was this anticipation, like, what, what's going to happen next? There was a hunger of what's going to happen. I wanted to hear. You know, there were times I'd be short with Dominic. I'd be like, go to bed, man. i got a show to watch. You know, and I'd be like, wouldn't be the best father even at times probably because I had all this anticipation of what was going to happen next. And so what I've heard the Lord ask me is, 
Do you do that for Sunday morning? Are you longing for my next word? Are you longing to hear from me like you would for this favorite TV show of yours? That's another tough question. Or this countdown on your phone. You know, we have a countdown on the screen leading up to, our, to a service. Am I sitting in my seat with anticipation just waiting for the King of Kings to take center stage here and for me to just worship him out of gratitude for the fact that he redeemed me? Am I hungry for that like I am the things of this world? Those are tough questions. So he's asked a couple more questions like, is that even possible? Or maybe I'm asking that question. Is that type of hunger really possible to be that hungry for God when I'm busy, when I'm working you know, 60 hours a week and a father and this and that, and I have all these things competing for my time? Is that even possible? Well, the answer to that is yes. And not that I've arrived. I have not. And then the other question is, um, or is that just for, that's, ra- that's kind of radical, isn't it? That's radical Christianity for somebody to really give all of themselves to God. Is it radical? Or is that just what we do when we've encountered him and uh, we, we just refuse to settle for anything less? Well, there's some tough questions. It's all about this topic of hunger. And the good news is, there's no condemnation. The Lord's not, you know, shaking his finger at me. You know, the enemy may lie to me and say, See, Scott, you're not hungry like you should be. Make you feel guilty like you don't belong. Like, you know, maybe you shouldn't even go to church. You're not hungry like you should be. That's a lie. God doesn't speak to us. His conviction is sweet, like honey. He draws us in and pursues us. And makes us want to pursue him back. And that is just amazing. Anything other than that is simply not true. So this topic of hunger, before we go in any further, I would, I'd love to pray together. Can I do that? Let's pray and ask God to just, uh, just anoint the rest of this time. Jesus, I just thank you so much for the ability that I get to have this privilege to come into your house. Because this is your house. And um, just to get together with, with brothers and sisters and just worship you. Because you are love. Love, God, is not a concept we created. It is who you are. Your love has never failed. It is undefeated. And when we can focus on that, God, it changes everything. And I just pray that as, that as you speak today, your message of love and empowerment would just radiate so that we could be exactly who you're calling us to be and that we could hunger not out of guilt, but just you've lit this fire in us to pursue you with all we have. In Jesus' name, amen. So, our verse for today, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for for they will be filled. What does the word hunger mean in the physical sense? I mean, I think we can all relate to what it means to be hungry I've, I've never been so hungry before where, I was, where my health was in danger. I've, ne- I've been blessed. I've never been that hard up. Maybe some of you have, and I don't want to minimize it if you have, but I've never been in danger of starving to death. There obviously are people are, and they understand that term hunger maybe even better than you and I do. But what I can tell you is I have hungered. I've fasted maybe for a medical reason, for a test. I've fasted before. I've fasted spiritually because I want to hear from the Lord and I just want to tenderize my heart. I'm crying out to him. I've fasted for those reasons. Um, 
Or maybe I just skipped a meal because I was so busy. And I think you can all relate to that too. So what is hunger? When we hunger for food, what is that? Aren't we telling ourselves that, or, or aren't we thinking, I guess, excuse me, that unless I eat something, that, that, that feeling's not going away. There's only one thing that can satisfy me, and that is food. And it begins to consume us to where um, it's just not going to go away. So the question is, if I had the power to take food away from you, which I don't, or if you took it away from me, how long would it take us to realize we're hungry? That's probably different for all of us. You know, three hours, some people, maybe all day. How long would it take you to realize you were hungry? If food was taken away from you or me, us, I'm in this with you, how long would it take us to um, go looking for it? A full day? A couple days? How long would it take us to realize our physical health is in danger if we're that hungry? So now if we take that same line of thinking, and that's what the Lord has, has done to me, he said, okay, Scott, what if I took your Bible away from you? How long would it take you to, to realize it's missing? Would it, would it just be a day, or would it be like a month? Do we even know where it's at right now? What if, um, what if I were to take this house away from you? How long would it take you to, to go looking for me, Scott? That hunger. How long would it take you to, to, um, to realize that your physical, or I'm sorry, your spiritual health may be in danger? Again, tough questions. You know, and that question I asked early about, is this radical? Is God really calling me to this? Is this for everybody, or is this just for, like, missionaries and pastors and people who work for a living for the Lord? Well, let's ask, let's ask Jesus. You know, in Luke 9, he told us what it is to follow him. And then he said to them, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. Will take up their cross daily, not on Sunday, daily. And what does it mean to lose my life for Jesus so that I can save it? It sounds to me like he wants all of me, doesn't it? It's challenging. So then what does it mean to, um, to hunger for God? To hunger and thirst for righteousness? You know, three weeks ago when the Lord started this teaching series with, with us, which I believe he has, you know, I don't believe our, the leadership of this church just picks a topic. I believe the Lord gives it to them. I just believe it, and that's part of my hunger. I think that's what God wants when we come into this house. We have an anticipation. We can't, we can't wait to see what he's going to tell us next. We were longing to hear his voice. That would be hunger, wouldn't it? I think that brings him joy when we do that. So this was his... Ver um, go ahead. Go ahead, Eric. Next one, please. So there was this uh, uh, quote that was shared with us from Mark Batterson. It is a strong quote. It says, if you are not hungry for God, you are full of yourself. That's why God cannot fill you with his spirit. Man, that's, that, I don't know about you, but that's strong for me. 
So I could, ha- I mean, there's probably a number of responses we could have to that. I can think of three right away. One would be I could just um, be condemned, which is from the enemy. You know, well, see, Scott, you're not hungry. You're a failure. God probably is just tolerating you because he died for you. He says, oh, go ahead, come on near me. I shed my blood for you. I guess I've got to love you. No, that's a lie. That could be one response. We could just feel horrible when we read that. That's not what Jesus does for us. Another response is we could just become offended. How dare you? Who's Mark Batterson? Skip you. You don't know what's going on in my life. You don't understand all the things I have going on. How dare you? That's another response we could have. You know? And then thirdly, I can think of a response which I would like to be mine. Not that I do it all the time, but I would love it to say, okay, you're right, God. I am full of me, and I need your help. I need you to empty me of me. Show me how to do it because I do want hunger for you more than anything else, but I need your help. And that's the one, I, that's the one I'm going after. You know, we, I listen to, um, my wife and I listened to a message last week about a husband and wife were giving this message about joy and peace. And this woman said something that really um, went a long way to sum up some things the Lord's been telling me, but I couldn't put the words. And when she said it, it just jumped out of the, out of the, out of the um, speakers that was listening to this. She was going through a season of her life where she loved Jesus, loved him, but wasn't seeing any fruit. She didn't have love, didn't have joy, patience, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. She wasn't, she wasn't seeing the fruit. She wasn't seeing transformation in her life. So in her quiet time with the Lord, she just kept crying out and saying, Lord, I give you my heart. She kept giving her heart over and over again to the Lord. And one day she heard him say, Wendy, I already have your heart. I need your mind. I know you love me, but there's strongholds, mental walls that have been built in your mind that are preventing you from knowing, first of all, who you are, Wendy. And and when I look at you, Wendy, when I see you as the righteousness of Christ because what I did for you on the cross, there are strongholds that are preventing you from seeing that. I want your mind. I want to renew your mind. I want to transform you. You do love me. I have your heart. Give me your mind. So what does that look like? You know, in, in Romans, Paul tells us, I think it's 12.2, tells us, do not conform to uh, the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. What does that mean? Is there a role that we have to play in this? And I'm not talking about earning our salvation because we can't. This is not legalism. I'm not in any way stating that um, that we can somehow earn God's love because the only thing that can earn God's love is exactly what he did for us, the fact that he was willing to die for us. So I'm not talking about that. But is there a role? Is there a role that we play in this hunger piece? Once we've accepted Jesus into our life and said, you are my king, I am following you, is, is there a role for us in the hunger? I'm certain, I, I don't want to put the... I don't want to put the Lord in a box ever, but I can tell you a few things he's been speaking to me about this, that I do have a role to position my heart to be in a place where I can hear from him with confidence and I can hear his voice through, first one, reading his word. You go ahead, Eric. 
through reading his word. It breaks down strongholds. I mentioned these strongholds of just um, these walls that from our past experiences, we have these belief systems, either from religion, what religion teaches us, or from our past experiences, we believe those things are true instead of what God said is true. In renewing our mind, what I'm hearing him tell me is, Scott, I want to renew your mind. I want to, I want to take those lies and I want you to, to rebuke them and, and replace it with the truth. What I say about you, what I say about your house, what I say about your wife, your kid, your brothers and sisters, everything I say about them, I want you to replace with truth. And that is how I renew your mind. And one of the things he's really stressed to me is, is, is um, that this book is alive. In Hebrews 4.12 God tells us that the word of God is alive and powerful. That this is not just words on a page. Does that take faith to believe that? It does. And I believe it wholeheartedly. This is, this is not just words on a page. Every single word was inspired by God. And it is, to me, the most beautiful resource I have to connect with him. But is he really asking me, um, is he really asking me to to study it. Because I think that's a word we get hung up on. Is God really saying, Scott, I want you to study the Bible? I don't know about you, that kind of sounds like the university. I have a few degrees already. I'm not sure if I want to study anymore. Is that what he's he's calling us to do? Or is he saying, no, you, you don't read the Bible for information, Scott. You read the Bible for impartation, for transformation. It's not to become knowledgeable and puffed up. I want to change your life with this. I died so that you can have life and have it to the full now. Not that you have to wait until you get to heaven to experience that. You can have life to the full now. I want to use this word to transform you. That's what he's telling me. Now, will we get knowledge as a result? Absolutely. It will be a byproduct. Will we know more about the Bible as a result? But yes, but that's not why we read it. We read it so that he can impart and transform us. The other thing that's been heavy that he's been telling me about hunger is, Scott, there's a role you can do in this. There is a role that, that you can position yourself to hear from me with confidence is a lifestyle of prayer. I'm just going to be real transparent for a minute. I mean, a year ago, maybe, the idea of, of going to an hour-long prayer service for me would have been like, I'd rather have a root canal. You know, I'd love Jesus, but I, that's just not my gift. Okay, I'm not a prayer warrior. What is that? That's a stronghold. That's a stronghold. That is, that is a lie I agreed with about myself. Because what God says about me, I do love to pray. That's what the Word says is true about me. I do love to pray. I love spending time with Him. I love the intimate connection I have with Him. And I don't have time to develop that whole thing now and explain what, you know, the transformation with prayer but I can tell you it's, um, it's amazing what he can do when we allow him to take down those strongholds. And then the last, the last idea of, that he spoke to me about um, hungering for him is putting the two together. Praying and reading the Bible all at once. And in 1 Corinthians 10.13, this is a great example of something, a, a verse that I've done this with numerous times myself. And I'll just read the verse first before we do the pray reading part of it. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. 
He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So as we're reading the Bible, we stop and I say, Jesus, thank you. Thank you. Thank you that, no, that the temptations I face are no different from what you face. I'm not special. I don't have more attacks on me than you do. The temptation on me is no different from, whatever, from anybody else. Thank you that that is true. Thank you that you will always show me a way out. Thank you that you are faithful. I mean, we're agreeing with the truth and we're renewing our mind and asking the Holy Spirit to just um, impart wisdom and to renew our mind as we're reading the Bible. Thank you that you'll always show me a way out. And then... Give me more insight. Lord, give me wisdom and revelation to see what this truth means, what it looks like on a daily basis for me. And that's called, I heard it taught, taught that way about pray reading, and, it's, and I think the Lord can use that in a, in a very powerful way. So this hungering and thirsting for righteousness, the word righteousness, it makes it sound like we need to perform, doesn't it? No. He doesn't want us to perform. He wants us to surrender so he can do it. This is not about performing. Man, if it was about performing, we'd be in a world of hurt, wouldn't we? So the last part of the verse is, um, I'm going to invite the worship team back up as we bring this, this to, the clo- to a close and talk about um, the last part of this verse. It says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. What does that mean? For they will be filled. Some translations say they will be satisfied. I'm sure there's lots of ways that God can fill us and satisfy us, but in relation to this hunger topic, I can tell you one thing he's told me. I'm going to fill you not with um, prosperity, not with wealth, not with material things of the world. I'm going to fill you with more hunger for me. I'm like, really? That's my reward? I'm going to be more hungry for you, God? Yeah. Yeah. And it's awesome when we go seeking and the things of the mundane life can take on life now because of hunger. He can do that. He fills us with his Holy Spirit. He gives us a wisdom and revelation. That's one thing he fills us with. I could read a, I could read a verse in the Bible a hundred times and then one day I open it up and the Lord just, bam, smacks me with this absolute new truth even though I read it a hundred times before. That's him giving me wisdom and revelation. It's a gift. It's a gift. And I don't know I don't know if the Lord's tugging at your heart at all today in regards to this topic of hunger. But I can I can tell you if he is, can I tell you not to do it alone? Not to tackle this alone. You know, I can I'll just tell you a quick story. I brought something into my walk with the Lord that I cried out. For years that he would take this away. I'm like, God, you totally have the power. Just remove it. I love you. Why are you not taking this from me? Man, and there were days I'd just be crying out, take this, take this, take this. I don't want it anymore. And then this... This fall, I heard it clear, clear as day. And I'm not saying I heard the audible voice from heaven or anything like that. But in my spirit, I heard it clear. He said, Scott, you're right. I could totally take this from you. <laughs> but I'm not gonna. 
because you're doing this on your own. I to- my kingdom is set up for community. I totally, supernaturally, you could wake up tomorrow and I could remove this from you, but I'm not going to because that's not how my kingdom works. I set it up for you to humble yourself, ask some brothers or sisters to come alongside of you and pray you into victory. I'm still going to do the miracle, but you're not doing it in isolation. And I'm like, oh, no. God, I'm private. I'm a private person. He's like, no, you're not. That's a stronghold that you agreed with. Your identity is you are in community. Your identity in Christ is to take that mask off and to humble ourselves and to confess our sins to each other and to, and to pray each other into our identity. Man, and that was hard for me because I really, I said it. I'm like, no, God, you created me. I'm private. That's how you made me. He's like, no, I didn't. No, I did not. That's a belief you developed because it made you comfortable. You know, this last song that we're going to worship with together is called Surrender. It's by Hillsong. It's one of our favorites. And some of the words... Here I, here I am, down on my knees again, surrendering all. I mean, just think about the word surrender. What is it? And, and, I mean, even thinking about it in terms of the world and what the world teaches us in warfare, isn't it just saying, I give up? I'm, I'm showing you everything I got, and I'm, I'm, I give up. I have no weapons. I have nothing left. I'm done. I'm, phys- I'm done. I'm giving up. Isn't that what surrender is? Isn't that what we do, really, when we, when we finally accept Jesus into our heart? And we just say, I'm done, Lord, I can't do it. I'm, I, don't, I don't fully understand why you had to die for me. I don't get that, but I believe it. And I know that in time you'll show me why that had to happen, but right now I'm just telling you, I'm taking my hands off the wheel, Lord. I'm giving you my life. That is exactly what surrender is. Maybe some, some of us already know the Lord, and there's these things, like for me, something I need to, need to really get is this fear of man, whether it's in my worship, wondering what people are thinking of me. I just want to worship him and not care what people think of me. Or um, a decision I may make with my career that looks foolish in the eyes of the world, but I'm being obedient to the Lord. I mean, I, I want to fear the Lord. I don't want to fear man. Maybe, maybe we need to surrender our time and get up at the crack of dawn and say, Jesus, you're coming first today and I'm, I'm going to get into your word and I'm going to dedicate my day to you and I'm going to pray. Maybe it's our time. I mean, that's another thing. I need to surrender is my time. Whatever it is, I just, I just pray that during this, as we close here, that whatever it is, you would just respond however the Lord has you to respond. And the coolest thing about this is there is no condemnation, man. He loves us. He loves us right where we are at. We do not have to perform for him. But he loves us so much that he's refusing to let us stay where we are at. He wants us to be just like him. And that is just awesome. He is such a good God. And I just pray that we would ask him for wisdom and revelation, whatever it is. And I'll just say a prayer and then Melissa can can lead us into worship. That God, we ask that you would remove scales from our eyes. that you would drop the veil, that we would see you in a way we never have before. And God, I know that with revelation comes responsibility. And we vow 
that we will be responsible with whatever you give us, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for your unconditional love in our life. In your name, amen. How many of you going to lunch right now? How many going to be eating? Right? No one's going to eat? I heard a pastor say this one time about this, and it really hit me. He said, how many of us, like on a Sunday, we come in, we eat, and then we're not going to eat anymore until the next Sunday? I doubt there's a single person in here, whether you would raise your hand or not, and I'm not calling you a liar, but I highly doubt that you eat once a week, and that's it. And that appetite that God places inside of us is for a reason. To hunger and thirst for Him. To grow into Him. Like Scott said, I love the line that he said, one of the things that he said today was, it's not condemnation. Jesus doesn't come in and condemn. I find it very amusing when people approach me and they'll say, you browbeat occasionally. And it's like, maybe it's the Holy Spirit connecting with you. Because it's not browbeating. Because I'm in this with you. Just like this, it's, it's that appetite that God places within us. So through the week, don't, don't fast from God. You know, Spend some time eating with Him and hungering with Him. It's there for a reason because He loves us so much. He loves you so much. And He's pursuing you. He's saying, I want you to have this. I want you to have this, this Macquarie, this blessed life. That's what I want to give you. Go have a great week. It was awesome worshiping with you this week. And uh, just go have a great week and be the snippets of his kingdom that people need to see the kingdom of heaven is here, is at hand. Have a great week. We'll see you back here next week.